This week on Thinking Inside the Box, we travel to the year 20 and some in Air Force Delta Storm. All right, well, hello, everybody. We are here to talk about our next game. Uh, Air Force Delta Storm. See, I almost messed up the title again. I have not been able to say the name of this game correctly since we started playing it. It's such a tongue twister. I don't know if it's a tongue twister or if I just can't say the name of this stupid game. Um, If that's any indication of how I feel about it. Well, go ahead and start by giving us a synopsis. All right, that's easy enough. Strap into your cockpit and blast through the gut-wrenching world of flight combat. Your adrenaline pumps as machine gun fire pelts off your tail. You execute back-breaking barrel rolls and experience dogfighting action. Take your pick of over 70 planes, including military fighters rendered from actual aircraft. With a full range of extreme missions to numb your senses, Air Force Delta Storm pushes your Xbox to the sky. Uh, I will say numbing senses is right. It's brain-numbing, if anything. It is. It's, it's got its uh, flaws. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, Air Force Delta Storm was also known as Air Force Delta II in Japan. This is actually a sequel, and um, its first debut on the Xbox is in the form of Delta Storm. The developer and publisher are both Konami. It is a single-player game. Dolby 5.1 Surround is one of the features of the game, which is pretty impressive for the time. Uh, it is rated E for everyone, and the genre is Simulation Flight Modern Jet. It was released November 15th, 2001, only on the Xbox. Yeah, it was. Uh, most yeah. of these titles are very arcade-like. So another little add-on here is in the PAL version of Air Force Delta Storm, it's actually called Air Force Deadly Skies. To add on more to Air Force Delta Storm, it's a combat flight seat, uh, combat flight game that lets you choose from over 40 modern warplanes. You're given a mission to destroy one or more air or ground targets. If you accomplish these missions, you earn money or credits, which can be used to buy more planes. However, if you fail in a mission, you lose the plane you're flying in, and the only one you can't lose is the original plane that you start with, the A7 Corsair II. You That's start so with. bad. Yeah, and you must then buy a new plane and make your way back to that mission location. You have to travel across a world map. It's like it's like a game board, and it's accomplished by spending movement points, which is they they classify this as range uh, by the planes that you purchase, and it represents the fuel. There are checkpoints with paths between them, which are populated by enemies. And once you destroy the enemies and shoot them down, they stay down until you run out of these movement points, at which point moving around becomes more difficult again. So as you move on, there are certain areas where there will be a big red uh, icon, and after you defeated the enemy there, after a certain amount of turns, it goes back from a conquered state to a challenging state so you then have to go if you come back that through that area you have to complete that area again that's so so bad yeah oh yeah we'll get into that (laughs) so i have here the developer is konami computer entertainment studios incorporated uh otherwise known as konami computer entertainment osaka which is 
which was established in April 1995 during restructuring at Konami following the 1995 Hanshin earthquake. The company's fifth development division was split off in April 1996 as KCE Japan, while the first development division was split off in 1998 as KCE Kobe. The Kobe studio was merged back into KCEO in December 2002, while KCE Studios, which at the time consisted of only the Yokohama studio, was merged into KCEO in May 2003. Now, KCEO, that is the uh, Konami Computer Entertainment Osaka. Mm-hmm. So at, this, at the same time, the company name then changed her to Konami Computer Entertainment Studios, and then the headquarters moved from Osaka to Tokyo. Wow. Uh, ultimately, KCE Studios was merged back into its parent company in April 2005, ceasing to exist as a separate entity. And the publisher is also Konami, they're Digital Entertainment Incorporated, and that's the North American Sales, Marketing, and Operations Subsidiary Division of Konami Digital Entertainment Company Limited. Let's jump right in to X-Ray. This is where we dive into the main features and in-depth gameplay. So let's go ahead and uh, start on uh, your experience with Air Force Delta Storm. I can't be too hard on it. I'm not going to be. Uh, you want to be. I did not enjoy it very much. Start out of the game, you know, it seemed interesting. It it definitely captivated me for the time being. One thing that stood out that was glaring. You start the game and you go straight into a cutscene. Now, the cutscene has these extremely large scan lines. It's like you're staring through uh, a set of blinds at dusk it's it's very hard to look at it's, it actually hurts your eyes it's almost like if you were to take and close your eyes and take your index and middle finger and press on your eyes with pressure until they hurt that's how it felt to look at this cutscene. it was kind of captivating but you really had to squint to watch it it seemed kind of neat from the get-go it's just the way that they had orientated that was was absolutely horrific now you get further into the game, get into your first mission, and it seems pretty cool. The, the The graphics actually weren't too bad, at least of the aircraft. I'll give them that. the The lighting effects were pretty good. It was it was kind of surprising. That's kind of where the graphics looking good stops, and rather abruptly, because the 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 land that you were flying over is just this muddy mush of one-dimensional flat surfaces with low-poly mountains kind of just molded into what is this, once again, muddy, just mush of one-dimensional. Uh, when you're flying in the sky and it's it's cloudy out and you you fly really high up, you just go straight up through the clouds, you can actually pierce through the clouds and go above them, which will, once you're above the clouds, it's sunny and bright, and the shading is pretty cool. It's it's almost too beautiful for for the rest of the game. This is probably the best thing about the game, in my opinion. A, a raining day mission or a cloudy day mission. I I think that was probably the coolest thing about this game. It was just how they were they able to pull that off. At least to me, I wish that the rest of the game mirrored how awesome just that was. The story is some kind of hard-to-follow, very generic, arcade type of story, if you want to even call it that. You're set in the year 
20 and some, as they put it. They didn't even put in enough effort to give you a year to go off of. <laughs> the AI is extremely stupid. It's very programmed and doesn't really deviate from what it's set to do which is disappointing. You can go into pretty much any mission with two to three rockets or missiles, kill anything that you needed to kill and be done with it. I found moving in the game very laborsome and it almost felt like a chore. It was it was to the point it was like exhausting. Okay, I'm done with this mission and now I got to go across this one with a counter that's at zero and I have to jump into it for 10, 30 seconds if you get lucky, to shoot this one plane down and then go back to the main game. Another gripe that I had was a stupid replay feature at the end of every mission. And it started in the exact same format as the cutscenes did, with that extremely hard to look at, very thick scan lined or striped screen effect that they had and uh, try to get out of it and exit out of it as soon as possible. Um, that was another thing that I wish you could have avoided having to deal with you had to just endure for a couple seconds until you could hit okay and yes to leave or whatever the counter system it sucked i hated it it made the game drag you go into a mission and it was so easy to die not only lost the plane that you had paid eighty thousand two hundred thousand plus credits for you had to restart from the airbase so if you restarted from the airbase and you traveled two or three steps well, guess what? Not only do you have to redo at least one mission on the way, you have to also risk the mission going out of your favor and you using up a bunch of missiles or maybe even dying once and then having to redo that mission again to get to the one you were at in the first place. And if you do die with another plane that you had bought or rebought the plane, guess what? Unless you do a save manipulation, you're buying the plane again. I I really found it hard to enjoy the game. It was very difficult to play until I switched the controls to ace controls. Thanks to you, Soft Mike, for suggesting that. That made the game much easier to control. And um, once I got used to it, it opened up a whole new horizon. It actually helped me progress much more rapidly than I was and kind of get me out of the rut that I was in with the game because I, I was really done with the game at this point. I hadn't played it much and I I was dreading having to pick up a controller to play this game again. It gave full control of the plane instead of a limited control and I was really able to learn how each plane that I was using at the time worked and it really made it easier to knock out my opponents and get the job done so I could move on to the next thing as well as when I learned to manipulate the game through the save feature was if I died, well, just reload the last save and I didn't have to complete the, uh, the mission in the middle again. So you do have to manipulate the game to be able to progress faster than having to backtrack, lose a plane, backtrack, lose a plane, you know, deal with that. So there was, there was those gripes. Um, there wasn't much to the game. It was the same mission over and over again, really three planes. One of them was the target. Two of them were other enemies that were optional to kill every time as far as it went to shoot them down it was very easy you just flew behind them and lined up your shot and if they decided to go up or down or fly in a circle you just really had to be patient and get a good lock on them and as soon as you got them to turn straight well let the missile go and you probably shot them down the ground troops or tanks i should say they were easy to kill beyond easy stupid easy to kill almost pointless to have in the game 
uh, everything was basically cannon fodder to your murdering gun and missile barrage. The game didn't really have much to offer there. Gameplay was, it wasn't really worth my time. I didn't think so. I didn't really get that far in the game and I really had a hard time enjoying it. Once again, the, the most enjoyable thing was discovering sadly the only highlight of the game to me the the jaw-dropping experience of flying through the clouds seeing the sunlight and the pretty cool shading and lighting effects that they had that just kind of went wasted on a game with really nothing else to offer the amount of planes that you had to choose from were okay you know it really was it was hard to care about them when um it was so easy to die then you'd have to buy the plane again the the levels and missions were very generic. There wasn't much there. The story was almost non-existent. I, I couldn't rate this game very high. It's it's definitely not going to rate very high for me. What was your experience, Soft Mike? My experience with this game. Let's give some background here. Uh, for all of you guys listening, the year is 20 and some AD. They don't tell you what exact year it is, but they say... At the end of the 20th century, the analysis of the human genome was completed, leading to great advances for humankind, including the ability to cure even the most severe diseases. Lifespans lengthened, and for a brief time, the Earth was like the Garden of Eden. However, the exploding population soon depleted the world's resources, and serious food shortages began appearing. In one country where shortages of food and fuel cause mass starvation, a coup d'etat occurs. The new revolutionary government declares the birth of the United Front, an organization dedicated to the equal division of all the Earth's resources. The ideology of sharing all humankind's resources was supported by countries who lacked resources, and nearly all of these countries declared their allegiance to the cause. The United Front gathered an army that came to be known as the United Forces, Initially, it made great advances, but then the countries possessing abundant resources formed another alliance to protect themselves. Soon, all countries were swept up into the conflict, and the world became polarized between those who possessed material resources and those who were facing starvation. It was not long before the War of Wards turned into one of bombs and missiles. Now in the year 20 and some, on the Alexei Peninsula, the struggle between the two sides has taken a new turn. So that's like the precursor to the game. Giving you a little bit of background. It's a lot, really advanced kind of uh, thought process. Like, let's throw these guys into a, you know, throw the player into a airplane game. Let's make it in the future sometime. Kind of futuristic-y. And let's make up two factions and have them go against each other. So you have the United Forces and then the Allied Forces. The side of the game that the player is a part of with that you jump right into the game your main menu you have like three options as far as what you can do you can start yeah. a new game load a game they have a free mission section which the free mission section is based off the missions in the entire story it's like a time attack in a way where oh my your God. goal your goal is to race each of these missions and try to complete them as fast as possible you reminded me of that stupid timer in the corner of the screen. Yeah, so <clears throat> just just put that there. As uh, Executor said, each time you jump into a level, you have 10 minutes to complete it. Otherwise, you fail, and you have to retry it. Yeah. Now, thankfully, when you fail it with a timer, in the game, you're just transported out back into the, the game world. You don't have to re you, know, you don't lose a plane. 
but you hit, you're exactly where your mission is. You have to just basically restart it. So, but it does move the counter forward for the range system. So, yeah, that is the one downfall. So, with that, you jump into the game. The story is it's kind of confusing at first. They're really, it's it seems like they just send you a bunch of random errands, missions, things like that. You're blown up. They have quite the target list. And it's very arcadey. You can definitely tell it's a Japanese game. Uh, you you have a credit system, and you're awarded quite the, a lot of credits usually for completing missions, even just the short ones in between. But it, even though that all adds up over time, it sort of takes away from the gameplay. You have to be kind of smart. Each plane you you purchase has different features. There's Right. Uh, either has more speed, less speed, stealth abilities, which oh. really don't matter in the game. There's almost 80 aircraft or in this entire game. It's kind you of didn't low. have access to all 80 of them though. There were region restrictions. Remember? Yes. If you didn't have a PAL version of the game, you were you didn't get those aircraft. So right. they the way they fixed that was they just moved all the aircraft further down the list in. So, like, there were, if it was 25, it actually was 24 in the North American release. So, uh, with that, your story was confined. You had air bases. Every region, you had two chapters to the game. Only two, which is kind of weird, because why would you have two chapters if you're just going to separate them by two chapters? I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Each chapter actually has the same layout in terms of not, like, how the the game map looks but how how it all kind of adds up together like you have three main bases on each chapter and you unlock these you would start with one base and you unlock the others as you complete missions uh through the other air bases or through the air base that you're currently on and the story really doesn't get interesting until practically the end game moments uh for each chapter actually where you're sitting on like cruise ship battles where you're going in blowing up you know huge battleships and submarines and things like that and then there's also things like ace battles where you had like an enemy plane who was on the game board and you had to go get a better plane than him and face him in combat uh and then you had missions like the final parts of chapter one where you had to go stop missiles from being sent down from space to mm. blow up a city like it doesn't get exciting until you have to go blow up these missile shuttles these shuttles they get launched into space and i failed this mission multiple times <laughs> it's very difficult to actually get to your target in just time oh yeah but eventually i beat it and when you complete that you do the last mission of chapter one uh, another group of planes wants to go destroy shuttles on a separate mission that you weren't a part of and they failed these shuttles reached outer space they launched these satellites that then controlled these massive weapons of mass destruction and they come down they emit like it out of the sky and it's really cool to see actually and it's like a nighttime environment and you go up in the sky and you actually see these bright red fireballs flaming down coming towards the city and oh, you have to fly up and blow up these missiles while they're coming down like it's it's insane and that's like completely out of the realm of what the rest of the game had put up thus far. Once you blow up all these missiles, you complete that chapter one, and then you're moved forward into the story like months later. You're in a completely new environment. It's like in the desert, and you're put into a, like a whole new battlefield. 
and you do the same thing. You have to go through each of these airfields, and eventually the end, the only part that's really exciting are the in-game components, where you have to face this big, massive weapon of mass destruction that is essentially a huge, I would say, mobile fortress. You have to kind of do the Death Star trench run <laughs> to blow up. And it's kind of that, that part was actually really cool. It gives you, you know, that huge Star Wars vibe of going through a Death Star trench run. I think it actually was inspired from that for sure. You can definitely tell. But that those were the best parts of the game is going in uh, and fighting these like whole boss moments where you had to outmaneuver several like 30 aircraft flying after you. It got real intense. Whereas normal missions, you had three total planes in the sky, and you'd have to blow up just one of them. I really wish the game didn't take so long, so long to get going. It, it literally took so long to get going that you you either hated the game or you were just a glutton for punishment by the time the game actually did start to get kind of good. Uh, in terms of at least gameplay, I'm guessing you would say, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. That part of the game where gameplay is is sort of lackluster, but oh, the story uh, the story had its moments of fun. So other positive things I'd say is the huge list of airplanes. Like, you know, there were so many airplanes you could buy. And I tried even going to the route of collecting every single one. You're crazy. <laughs> and it takes forever because oh, I mean, yeah. some of these some of these planes they're expensive, but they they can do quite a bit of damage. Uh, I unfortunately ended the game without completely getting every plane because when I completed the last mission, it kind of throws you off a little bit because sometimes it just launches you into the final mission. Like you had, I had no choice. I I, I thought I had would give be given another moment on the map screen. But it turns out, like, once you finish that precursor to the final mission, you're just thrown into the final mission. Well, there so is it's no... kind of like uh, when you first play the game, switch it on for the first time, it just throws you straight into the, the first cutscene and the initial gameplay, right? Yeah. And very few very few missions had FMV scenes where you could see, like, a, extra footage or some elements to the story that they added it was definitely an arcade game that was yeah. just given some minor uh, story elements to it. So now I'll get into the actual map play, which threw me off. And I think that's what threw you off, Executor, was it was very repetitive. Very. You played a lot of the same levels over and over and over again. Even if it was a different mission, you would have the same layout and it would just be like a copy cat. Yeah. There was like, very well, limited. There's clouds this time. Uh, there's no clouds. It's a sunny sky. Oh, it's raining. And there's buildings in the distance. It was just very repetitive and very generic. There was nothing really to make you want to play. And that's where I ran into a brick wall, which was rather quick. Um, I ran into a brick wall probably before I got halfway through chapter one. I, I remember you were hitting that brick wall, too. The game is definitely... It had, I would say, promise. It had potential, but I think... A lot of these little side pieces and all that, it just kind of ruined the game. There's only so much you can take of being launched into the same map. You know you're going to blow up this plane. You know you're going to succeed. Yeah. And it's, it's done to kind of limit you from being overpowered when going into a mission. Very poor gameplay. Very poor. Yeah. Each time you went into the game, you had missions and things like that. 
uh, you had a briefing screen in the air bases. You had a shop menu, which each air base had a set list of planes you could buy. You couldn't buy just every plane. It just it was specific to yes. that air base. If you had to go find a specific plane, you would have to go find it or figure out like what mission you had to complete in order to unlock it. Ooh, you want to tell us about the very vague things that you had to do, the crazy specific things that you had to do uh, in order to do certain unlockables? <laughs> yeah, I guess now would be a good time oh. to say, let's get into our X marks the spot. Uh, was where the comprehensive look at game secrets and Easter eggs. So this game, as far as secrets go, I would say hidden for a lot of uh, for a lot of players. I'm gonna say anybody that was playing the game when they got it probably had no idea there was even these how you could do these specific things in order to get certain things like certain planes or certain areas unlocked, certain missions. So this game, in these chapters, you have a set amount of extra bonus areas you can unlock. And you had like two main air bases, or two two air bases that were secret, that mm-hmm. in order to get access to, the first, one of them you would have to just go to an area on the map that was one of those intercept missions is what they're called. The, you had to go to an intercept mission that was on a specific point in the map, and then you had to play it, and no matter what random situation, it's always random. You can actually play that map, that same intercept mission over and over again, and it will randomly generate uh, a mission from a small list of possible missions to give the player to actually complete. Even though you conquered it, you can actually keep looping it and playing. So you had to go through it, and whatever enemy targets were in the mission, you actually had to destroy the targets with only your machine gun. You couldn't shoot them down with a missile. Now you could use your missile and let's say to like damage the plane initially, because it usually took two missiles to take down a plane. Yeah. So if you shot one missile and then gunned the plane down with the remaining health it had uh, with your machine gun, that would actually count. But once you destroyed all the targets, if you did it right, it actually opens up the set separate area. You would get access to like this airbase. Now the other airbase, in order to get access to that. You actually had to be piloting a specific aircraft. And the only way you get this specific aircraft is if you completed an ace mission, which an ace mission is a special mission type that pops up once you've completed a set number of missions. There's a couple prerequisite missions mm-hmm. for it that when an ace shows up on the map, it's another plane that's an icon on the map just like you, and you have to go to it and meet up with it in combat and f- fight it. And unfortunately, if you don't have a plane faster than that, you have to have one a plane with higher range than the enemy plane. Then chasing it around won't do anything for you. It'll oh, essentially, man. it'll constantly outmaneuver you. And I tried everything I could one time, and literally was bouncing back and forth between the entire map. And I was like, how do you even catch this thing? Yeah. And I realized you have to have a plane with higher range. Because once you have a plane with higher range, you then have one extra move or... It, you know, depending on the plane, you could have two extra moves than the enemy plane, and then you that's what lets you catch up to it. So once you get to fight it, it's just you and that ace plane. You go up in combat. The ace AI is actually much smarter than the regular AI, uh, and it actually it's, it's a dogfight where you'll be literally driving, you'll be flying in circles around each other, trying to blow each other up, get that perfect lineup to try and hit them in the tail, or they'll try to hit you in the tail. And if you get, if you line up and straight straighten out, they will almost definitely blow you up. It's 
insane. Just the, How, whole, uh, you know, the dogfight, like you say, it just sounds exactly like what you'd want to jump into the game and experience as the story hypes you up to experience. But you have to play more than half of this game before you can even start to enjoy it. The first half of this game is strictly a chore. It's almost unenjoyable, in my opinion. It takes a while, and you can be a better gauge of if the the work is worth the reward in the end, but it's, it's astonishing how lackluster this game is, and it really comes through when you explain how long it took for you to actually do the things that this game was built to have you do. Yep, it's very tedious gameplay, as we said. And unfortunately, there were only certain parts of it that were actually good that you almost wish that you could experience it in the rest of the game, but you just have to deal with that being, uh, you know, once in that section type of moment. So once you destroy the ace, you actually earn their plane for free. And when you get that plane, then you now have to go grab that plane from the airbase, and then you have to fly it over to that uh, secret intercept area but you have to find the intercept mission on the map specifically then you have to blow up the targets with the machine gun with that plane once you've done it then you get access to the second hidden airbase then there's hidden missions which if you go to specific points on the map the intercept missions there's sometimes there's a almost like a trail that goes off into nowhere but it doesn't tell you where it's going it's almost like a it's out of place like, you're like, why is there a random mission above me when I can just go down here to the airbase? Well, it's because there's a secret mission there. So mm. if you go up, you go to these Explorer, there's four missions per area that are secret. There's usually one for the first airbase, one for the second, and then there's two for the final. You know, you don't have to do anything specific for those except the fourth mission, the fourth hit mission, where instead of using machine guns or whatever, you have to complete the same intercept mission three times in a row without returning to base. So you can leave, but you have to, if you come back, you have to come back before you go back to your airbase. So you have to make sure you have enough ammo and munitions before you fly out and complete this secret prerequisites then you get access to the fourth mission and it's the same thing on the second the second chapter it's the same layout you have one mission per first and second airbase two for the final and then there's like two secret air bases on the map total which you have to do the same thing there's one ace battle requirement and there's one that you just uh do by gunning down with the machine gun of any random plane you're flying so that is the secrets Anyone that wants to play this, if you need a, any help trying to find this, if you go to airforce-delta.fandom.com slash wiki slash airforce underscore delta underscore storm, you can find their entire uh, fan Wikipedia page for this game. Very detailed. And it's very, very detailed. It's actually the most uh, comprehensive look at the game in terms of its toll. Like, you have mission, like, walkthroughs. You can see every mission for the game, even the secret missions, all the air bases, uh, and you can look at all the uh, individual aircraft, including the PAL versions or Japanese versions. It's almost like having a strategy guide on, on a web page. Yep, and for a game as not really as a hype, I guess I would say, or an interesting Empty. for this to have <laughs> for for to have a Wikipedia page is mind blowing. But 
hey, there's fans out there that love this game. They love these planes. So go ahead and check out that website if you need any more uh, assistance with secrets. So now it's time for X Games mode. Oh, yeah. I'll head this one. When you get the ace controls and you do end up dogfighting in any circumstance, you know, whether you're going against the, the stupid overly programmed AI that just does the same thing every mission, or if you're battling a fast plane in a, a middle mission, you can do some pretty cool maneuvers. And I, I did find myself doing a couple. And one of them was do a backflip midair uh, over a enemy plane and then wind up at the same time getting behind them after doing a backflip midair and a corkscrew kind of maneuver to shoot them down. Another one that's hilarious is that I found out by accident. If you run into a plane midair, that plane is instantly killed by yours. And I did pull off a couple maneuvers where we were in the middle of a dogfight and we just kept going at each other to the point to where I lost sight of them. Even though I could see them on my mini-map, we ended up basically t-boning each other and crisscrossing in path i flew right through the other plane which was absolutely hilarious but kind of a cool moment what you got for me the most epic part of this game was probably the death star trench run for the final mission it was actually quite something to see someone emulate that feeling of you gotta go down this long hallway and you have turrets and guns shooting trying to shoot at you and you have mm -hmm. to dodge the bullets and there's enemy planes flying at you here and there. And then you get to the main, almost like the main reactor area. And you have to blow up these specific panels on the uh, super weapon. Mm -hmm. And once you blow them up, then you have to you make this grand escape. Which is, um, it's technically an FMV. Uh, but that was definitely a really cool kind of like, I'd say almost an homage to the Star Wars series. To me, that was the coolest thing, is seeing a Death Star Trench Run finale uh, for the game. Seeing everything kind of explode. You're seeing your plane barely make it out before the whole place detonates. It's really cool. Alright, now it's time to get X-rated, where we rank right. our game based on our experience in gameplay. So, Executor, uh, let's go ahead and start with you. Okay. I know I said I couldn't be harsh on this game too much, but... I definitely was. Uh, the more I talked about it, the less I liked it. <laughs> so let's get right into it. The graphics, I gave a three. Ultimately, because the only appealing feature this game had was the planes and the uh, the shading effects and lighting effects on the planes. Um, really, the only time I enjoyed really playing this game was when I was above the clouds. And that was the exact opposite of what you were supposed to do with this game. So for that, uh, the game only deserved a three from me. Uh, everything else around you was ugly and very poorly rendered. There really wasn't anything beyond the planes and lighting effects. Difficulty, I uh, got a five, which actually is the highest score number in this entire scorecard. It was a, it was a difficult game on the novice controls like i had stated once you got the ace controls it was a learning curve but it did improve the gameplay but it really wasn't a redeeming quality uh, it was still somewhat difficult i think the thing that got in the way and made the game difficult was the game itself versus the actual ai or the story so for that five i felt was pretty good ai got a two AI was dumb predictable and over programmed the ace battles 
um, I never got to. They probably would have been a little engaging, but beyond that, it probably would not have raised my score much more. Single player, I gave a two. There was a lot of things that just brought the game down and made it an unenjoyable experience, in my opinion. I did not enjoy playing this game. I don't hate it, but I just didn't have fun. The timer, the range countdown system that the game had, I, I did not agree with it one bit. The AI was terrible. The story was almost not there. And just was so much repetition. And it was a harshly penalizing game. If you died, guess what? You lose your plane. Even if you made a mistake and hit the wrong direction on your gamepad, your range went down. So the counter on the mission that you just passed... You might have to replay that mission again just because you hit the wrong direction. Unless you used a, a save manipulation method where you would just go back to the base if you could and uh, reload your save to have your turns back, essentially. It, it hampered the gameplay and there were, there were a bunch of other factors that I listed off. Just ultimately caused the game to not be fun. Design, got a four. Uh, the design was decent. The game had potential. It was kind of an idea that never formed, in my opinion. Planes rendered nicely. The jet engines were kind of neat. The sound effects were subpar. The sound design, I should say, is speaking on design. It was just not a very well-executed game. They finished the jets, they finished the lighting, and then they just lost all of their desire to make a game beyond that. So for design, they got a 4. Controls got a 4, only because of the ace controls. If they did not have the ace controls, controls would have gotten probably a two. It was very hard to control the plane. It was very limited to play this game on novice controls, and it really had an effect. My ability to play this game doubled when I switched to the ace controls and figured them out and got used to them. So for controls, a four felt pretty reasonable. Features? This game offers almost nothing. You have these repetitive emissions uh, that ultimately are a chore to complete and you have a very rudimentary menu where you can do three things and that is shop for planes go out on missions or save the game that's it that's all you get replayability is zero i don't see a point of picking this game up again once you're done with it it really has no replayability unless you've suffered through the entire game i don't see a point to ever play this again soundtrack got a two uh the menu music was kind of decent otherwise that was it very hollow. And then lastly, storyline. That got a two. That was just based off of the beginning element of the story seemed compelling. And then it just dropped off from there and did not seem to come back. My final score came out to a resounding 27, which gives it an obvious scoring of F. This is a, uh, this is a turd. Very big, smelly turd. I will probably never play this game again. All right. So now my review. We'll start with graphics. I gave graphics a 5 out of 10. Uh, reasoning would be that the plane models were pretty good. They actually had accurate machine gun fire uh, locations too. It's like if you had guns on specific parts of the plane, well, that's where the machine guns came out of. So it wasn't like always a specific location of the plane. It actually tried to model the machine gun fire and the even the missile launches from the correct locations. Uh, and I agree with you that there was a lot of, there's a lot of blocky, polygonal looking areas. The cityscapes were pretty, uh, but that, you know, that's pretty much where it stops. 
the skies when you go above the clouds and you see the sun that's all cool too but yeah i would just guess yeah, this is middle grade uh graphics for me just nothing really that impressive because it has just about as much con as it has pro probably gave graphics a five uh difficulty i gave a six out of ten being the fact that this game, yeah, that is where one of the shining points for me is that this game offered a little bit of difficulty, and that's especially true as you progress through the story. But uh, there are moments where you get overwhelmed very quickly, and if you don't have the right plane for the job, it's very easy to get taken out. So I think this game is its just to give it a 6 out of 10. AI, I gave a 4 out of 10, and that is because the AI is pretty underwhelming. The average AI, I agree with Executor, is that it probably is only like a 2 out of 10. The reason why it's much higher is because the ace ace missions, where when you're facing an ace AI, it's actually like a dogfight. You're fighting for your life, and it's very <laughs> easy to get taken out. If you don't if you don't plan or have the right plane to take on an ace, forget about it. You're just your cannon fodder. And if the rest of the AI in the game even had at least some deviation in skill level, instead of just where they would just kind of do the a random maneuver that was very predictable, mm-hmm. this game would have done much better in that category. Single player, I gave it four out of ten. And it's because the experience overall was lackluster. There's a lot of repetitive moments, uh, a lot of missions that actually were just copy-pasted. And unfortunately, that's not a very good sign. That's like lazy development. Yes. That's pure lazy development. It's like, well, we'll just change the uh, the weather effects and uh, give it a little bit of a different shine, and we're done. You get a little bit different credits for the mission, maybe that's it. But mm-hmm. in, in total, that was a unsatisfying feature. The secrets kind of gave it a boost as well having the ability to go find these secrets there was a cool feature to it being able to find these hidden areas that likely that most gamers who have played this never experienced before having the ability to have unlocked them that was kind of cool but other than that single player experience got a four for me so design got a four out of ten for me is you can put it the game's design was poorly made now, I'm not going to completely hate on it there. So there has moments in it where it was fun. The ability, there was a huge array of enemies. Like you had from ships to tanks to planes to helicopters even. Harrier jets, a huge array. And there were even in the second chapter where you would go up against like battle, like land battleship, desert cruisers. There were like gigantic air bases that were flying around mm-hmm. and you had to fight you know fight those it had some decent design but for the most part everything had, had that lackluster quality to it controls i gave a six out of ten and that's because i thought the control scheme as executor put it the novice controls were very it's almost opposite really what you want it's like the game they give you the choice to being a novice control limits your ability to play the game and you have more control and ability with the progressive other controls you have the elite controls and then the ace controls mm-hmm. and even minimum playing on the elite controls was way more of an experience than the novice controls you could hardly do any tricks 
with elite then you could do tricks you could do special maneuvers with ace then you could use the uh, air brake feature as a separate part of your your plane so uh, yeah the you didn't know about the air brake feature oh i know i i was gonna i was gonna comment that i found that to almost do nothing the ability to use your air brake yeah it depends on like how you were using it i think if you were using it to maneuver tightly in a dogfight, it would work really well but you had to make sure you had to have a balance of speed and precision yes. in order to get out of those tricky situations. So I think the ability to have that multiple control styles, depending on the the type of player, that is why I gave it a six. Uh, other than that, I would say novice controls probably would have dropped that controls to a four as well. Features, I gave a six out of ten. The game offers quite the interesting list of things you could do in terms of you had free mission. At the start menu, that was an, another option besides the career mode, which allowed you to essentially time attack any of right. the missions from the campaign. But when I clicked on it, it actually had like scoreboards. You can actually see every mission in like a numerical order, all the way from one to fifty. All the potential missions. There's a time attack scale, like of how fast you can complete the mission. Uh, I didn't ever attempt them. But the, the, that ability was there, like extra gameplay. And then, of course, as I said, the the game map, that was kind of an innovative thing. But the fact that they lim the range feature was so limiting and you had repetitive, I feel like if they had opened up their ability to process more random missions, maybe, maybe that wasn't quite available right away. But the ability to have randomized the missions better would have been more fun. Instead of facing like the same enemy scale each time, that's why I gave it a six. It just had it had some good features, but for the most part, it was uh, more or less a little bit better than a basic game experience for me. Replayability, I gave a four out of ten. The game is repetitive; it doesn't offer much. Once you've beaten the game. Really, all you could do is probably that free mission thing. Even then, you probably you might want to replay like one of the favorite missions you had from the campaign just to experience it again. But that's really it. Loading up the campaign, you're really never gonna ever do that again once you've beaten it. It's sort of that like one and done, wipe your brow, move on type game. So that's why I gave it a four. Soundtrack gave it a three out of ten. Not very memorable. The Soundtrack suited the moment, I think, for a lot of the missions, but it wasn't something I was sitting there, had me tagged along by my, you know, collar, and I'm sitting there dogfighting to the extreme dynamic music. It was just there. I hardly really noticed it. Storyline, uh, I gave a 4 out of 10. Had very uh, unique story in ter well in terms of what it was trying to deliver, but a lot of the copy pasting effect from some of the missions, which weren't really delegated toward having the story, kind of ruined your experience for the story. Like it threw you off track, even though it's not really what it was meant to do. But the moments that the story really spiced up—that's what the game delivered on—is when you had pivotal moments in the campaign. The story then shined, like having to blow up impending a missile, an impending missile attack on the cities stop, like these missiles from blowing up the city. And then you had the like second chapter, where you had the doomsday device, 
yeah, the mobile fortress you had to blow up. You're doing the Death Star trench run and all that. That all was kind of was really cool, but ultimately it wasn't going to redeem the game to a point where I would say it matched any story, at least on a basic level. So, below average in the storyline, and all in total, with everything added up, I got a 46, which puts it in the low C score rating. I I, I can't agree that. What you experienced at the end of the game was definitely not a redeeming quality, although it was maybe enjoyable. I didn't get that far, and I frankly probably never will. <laughs> but um, it's really a shame that when this game had so much potential, and it, it could have really given you a lot more. And it's, it's also a shame that um, it took more than 50% of the game being complete. I, I think, uh, was it Chapter 1 was... 10 of the missions out of 14 out of 15. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you had to complete basically the first 10 out of 15 missions of the game. At least 66% of this game sucks before it gets good. It seems from my playthrough, and then it gets good in chapter two. If you don't have the patience for it, it's too grindy. Uh, you can decide when you decide to either play it on your modded Xbox or play it from your Xbox collection, uh, whatever you may have. It's it's worth the experience for your own self to see if you agree or disagree with our reading of the, the game. Ultimately, this is our official and final scoring of this game, and it will never change. So mm -hmm. there you have it. That's our ranking of the game and our in-depth review. I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. And once again, um, if you have anything to write in about any fun facts any experiences that you share right on in let us know tell us your thoughts your experience just anything that you might have we'd love to hear from you and uh would enjoy reading what you have to say anything else from you soft mike where would you rank this game in comparison to 4x4 evo 2 oh <laughs> uh, yeah our uh, our final uh listing it definitely goes below it i would put it right now in our standings, we have two games, so it definitely belongs, in my opinion, on the bottom. So I will rank I it at number two. Number I'm two at the moment. <laughs> two as well. Number two for me. All right. And that's where it ranks. Thank um, you. Tune in next week when we review Shrek. Until next time, I am Excalibur. And I'm your co-host, Soft Mike. And we will see you in the next one. Hello, loyal listeners. Excalibur here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a supporter by going to our Patreon and pledging a couple bucks. Not only does that grant you exclusive access to early episodes and other content only available to supporters, but you also get to know you're making a difference by helping keep the lights on so that we can keep providing excellent content for you. Also consider joining the OG Xbox modding community on Facebook, where you can find anything you may need or want from the most trustworthy and quality forward bunch of innovators keeping this amazing console alive to today. You can also become a part of the action by submitting a game for us to review via 5-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen. Consider liking and sharing our social media. You can find us on Twitter via our Twitter handle, ThinkBoxPodcast, or Facebook at Thinking Inside the Box. You can also write in to us via email at ThinkingInsideTheBoxPodcast at Outlook.com. Until the next time, thank you for listening, thank you for your patronage, and we'll see you in the next one.